Hey guys, Paul Rick here. Welcome back to the Baseball Dad Show. And we're going to continue talking about post-grad academies, of which um, if, you've listened, if you've been listening, you know that I'm a huge fan and, and advocate of. And today we have um, Coach Davis Page, who's with us, who runs um, DFW Post-Grad in Texas. And um, we're going to talk about his program. We're going to talk about what goes into it. And, and then even since we started talking about post-grad in the last few weeks, things have radically changed. Um, and so we're going to talk about some of those changes. So coach, uh, thanks for making the time uh, to be on today. Uh, I know your schedule's uh, pretty busy and hectic, especially with everything that's going on, but before we get too deep into it, can you give out your, your contact Twitter webpage, any other contact you feel would be helpful for someone who maybe wants to contact you about your Academy? Sure. Sure. Paul, first off, thanks for having me on really uh, just been looking forward to hopping on this podcast with you and just, and just answering any questions for, for anybody that's uh, really considering this route. So real quick, my name is Davis Page, Director, Head Coach, Recruiting Coordinator for DFW Postgrad Baseball Academy. We're located in Grapevine, Texas. Our Twitter is at DFW Postgrad. Our Instagram is at DFW Postgrad. And then our URL, our website is www.dfwpostgrad.com. So that should take care of all the socials. Yeah, and that's DFW, just in case. So DF is in Frank. And I'll just yes, get sir. back because I'm, I'm, yeah, just because I'm on your, um, your personal Twitter is at Coach Page underscore um, is your Twitter handle there. Just so everybody. Yes, has. sir. So, Coach, let's let's start where most you know. I think there's some confusion around uh, what postgrad is because it's so new. So people will ask, like, is it a junior college? Is it a intramural team? Is it uh, like what is it? So give us give us kind of sure. your your um, basic definition. Sure. So I, I, post-grad, still, still fairly new. Now, there's some that have been around, but for the most part with the recent changes in the recruiting landscape, so post-grad's really bringing on some steam. So I kind of phrase it in a couple of ways. I think to clear up any, any air, basically it's a college prep program. It's a college prep academy. Um, you can call it a gap year program, um, but most of them are called post-grad programs. Basically what it's all about is it's geared mainly towards graduating high school seniors um, that's, that's NCAA clocks have not started yet. So that's kind of the model is really geared towards the high school kids that have just now graduated. But then again, the college transfers and the transfer portal, um, if it does make sense for the college guys um, and they do have that red shirt still available to them, sometimes it does make sense for the college guys as well. You know, and that, that five-year clock really obviously only applies to the Division One game. The two, the three, the NAIAs and the JUCOs are all a little bit different, but um, for the most yep. part, it's all centered around that five-year NCAA clock. Yeah, and, and so, you know, I've talked about a lot on this podcast. I think every college baseball coach in the country saw the North Carolina baseball uh, basketball team, excuse me, you know, go to, you know, the championship game. And there were some older players. I think that the, the kid with the beard, the tall kid with the beard, I, I think he was 23 or 24. He had a COVID year. And, you know, what he brought that team was a steady hand, uh, a little experience, a little toughness and maturity. And so um, every college coach in the country saw that. And so one of the, one of the things that parents ask among other questions is, is it going to be weird if my kid is, you know, takes a year or a gap year, post-grad year, and he's a 23 year old senior. Yeah, no, I, I, I think each, each player is so individually different these days regarding yeah. with where, where they came from, what year was their high school grad class? How many, how many years have they been out of high school? What does all their eligibility specs really look like? And every kid is so 
built different with the way that got that kids transfer these days and who's used the red shirt, who's used the medical red shirt. So there's a there's always a lot of question marks there. But you know, for for the most part, for the kids that can't get quite recruited by the school they want to go to, they might get a handful of offers that just don't make sense for them, either financially, academically, or athletically. Uh, for the kid that might have gotten hurt his senior year coming out of high school and didn't get what he wanted um, and just needs a little bit more time. And then for the most part, with our program specifically, we're big on strength and conditioning. For the kids that just quite aren't physically developed, that's where we put all of our eggs in that basket is really wanting to develop kids in the weight room from a physical standard and really making sure they pass the eye test because, let's be real, the eye test is a very real thing. College coaches are, are judging bodies the first time they see a kid. And so I think that's where – the postgrad really gains some momentum as they give those kids an extra year coming out of high school to physically develop. Yeah, and so so let's get into some kind of some of the, the, the fundamentals. Essentially, as I describe it to a parent, some, like, think of it as like a 20U team, you know, and like you're going to go play for this team, and they may or may not have an affiliation with a, with a school, but, but now with, you know, everybody's accustomed to online learning, a kid can go to school anywhere and attend your postgrad. So, let, let's let's start at the beginning. Let's start like, hey, I have a kid, and he's he just graduated. We we thought we had some offers or some you know some interest, and nothing has seemed to pan out. Uh, pan out, and now we want to take a look at what other options um, are there for him. How do you what do you say to that parent? How do you approach them like when they you know step into your office or, or call you on the phone? Yeah, sure. I think first thing is just getting the background of the kid, just who he's played for in the summers, where he went to high school. Um, and if he's currently and actively talking with any schools, I think for us at a postgrad, I think every 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 program does it differently. But for us, we want the schools to get every opportunity to recruit the kid first. And so if he, if yeah. if I've got a kid who's talking to multiple schools, then I'm going to steer him straight and say, hey, you really got to give these coaches their their fair shot at you. If they're showing interest and they want you to come play for their program and they want you on campus, then you really got to hear them out and see what they have to say and and go through. Um, all those questions and make sure and see if it's a really good fit, you know, and if, and if there's a, a situation where a kid has an offer or two and it's not the offer he wants and he sees himself as a division one junior college guy and he's just not getting anything at that level or just not getting that exposure uh, from his high school or, or his summer league team, then it might just make sense to really consider the postgrad. So I think first off it's finding out his background, who he is as a player uh, and really looking at, kind of his trajectory if he does come to a postgrad program, right? I think it, for a lot of kids, it makes a lot of sense. But for some kids, they're ready now, and they, they need to go contribute to a college program right away. So I think first, first and foremost, you really want to look and see if the kid is a good fit for postgrad program. If not, you want to give him valuable and truthful information and steer him in the right direction. Perfect. So, so now I'm sitting here off like, okay, that's great. I want to come, you know, our son fits the category of someone who you can help. Tell me about the baseball. What type of baseball you play? What type of schedule you play? Sure. How playing? How is playing time? You know, decided. Is it just like any other team? You know, kind of break that down for us. Sure. Right. So I'll break down some of the specifics about the way that we do it personally at DFW Postgrad. So roster size in the fall, we're looking to bring in 28 to 30 guys. Reason being, 35 mm -hmm. is going to be our spring roster cap. But we obviously know the way that the transfer portal and the things of that nature work in the landscape today, there's going to be a bunch of guys at semester that for whatever reason, either they failed a class, need to come to us as a credit recovery, um, 
for whatever reason, we're going to get a handful of, of uh, semester transfers at the break. And so we'll carry 28 to 30 in the fall, 30 in the spring. And so the way that we build out our schedule is we'll play 20 games in the fall, usually about 10 doubleheaders against junior colleges, NAI schools, uh, Division three JV teams. And then the spring is filled out with a big 50-game schedule against junior colleges, um, NAI's Division three JV teams. So we want to make sure and spread out to get to – basically as many levels as we physically can from a schedule standpoint just to get the kids the exposure they want to each different level and to really give them some options. You know, a lot of kids might be a brainiac and be a big academic guy, and we want to make sure that we give him some options um, from schools that get to see him play on their campus at their field. And so we want to make sure and mix up the schedule a good bit. And so I get this question a lot is, do all your guys typically go to the schools that you play? And that's not necessarily the case, no. So um, the way that recruiting is is, Man, Twitter's a great resource. Uh, there's a lot of good resources yep. out there to get a kid recruited in CSAs. Another good one. Field level's a good one. Um, Twitter, I think everybody knows, is a great resource just because the baseball community kind of rallies around Twitter. Um, and, and I'm yep. still – I got on Twitter whenever we started the program just because I knew that's where we needed to be. And um, it's, it's just a really fun place on Twitter. A lot of good personalities, coaches, and players, and it's a big recruiting, uh, a big recruiting tool for a lot of guys as well. So um, from that standpoint – we play a good, legitimate schedule. And our mindset, personally, is to send kids to junior college, especially the way that the landscape is right now. Um, just with, with guys being a touch older, one and two years older at the four-year schools, if, if the kid wants to go to junior college, has interest in junior college, it's definitely the route um, right now that we definitely want to push him. But having said that, we sent a bunch of kids to, to NAI schools last year. That they, NAI schools give out a bunch of money. And uh, NAI schools yeah, they do. really, really like in the post-grad routes. And so – um, we, we like to leverage those schools, and we've got a handful that really like what we're doing, and our job is to find the best possible fit from an academic and an athletic standpoint. And one of the big things that really parents and players want is to stay as close to home as physically possible. You know, most of the kids yeah. regionally, when it comes to school and academics, they want to try and stay close to home. So those are a couple of the prereqs. And, you know, with us, strength and conditioning is a huge piece to what we do. I think uh, for us getting kids fresh out of high school, they get that extra year to develop. We invest a lot of time and money and effort in the weight room. We'll live three to four days a week while we're playing in season. And then in those months of November, December, early parts of January, we're going to hit it four and five days a week, get a little bit more volume, really break down some muscle tissue, get into those lower rep ranges of three to five reps, and, and really get these kids more physical. So that's kind of some specifics about the way that we operate, who we play, and really where we really put our focus on. Yeah, I think that's terrific. And I think, you know, one of the things I always like to point out when, when people get caught up in levels of, you know, playing NAIA, D2, 3, or 1, you know, if your day-to-day experience is great, you know, if you're studying what you want to study, living where you want to live, and you're playing great baseball, what I have found is that when a kid's day-to-day is really great, he could care less what's going on in the SEC. Absolutely. You know, like if he's, if he's really thriving and, and playing great competition, and I think a big misunderstanding, too, is that, like, you know, you said NAIA schools. I'm going to tell you what, some of the toughest players I've ever coached have come out of NAIA or gone into NAIA. Like, there's great baseball there. Don't – I mean, I'm sure you know um, Jeremy Sheetinger, who's actually going to be on next in our podcast series. Uh, you're not going to find a better coach than, than him in, in the country. I don't care where you go. And, you know, you won't find a better program as far as the way he's going to run it. And so – there's a lot of great baseball to be played at those other levels um, for sure. And, and so let's talk a little bit about 
I think there's an advantage too that maybe parents don't look at. You talked a lot about the weight room, practice, games. So to play 70 games, it sounds like there are 70 plus games. That's sure. a lot of games. There's there's not a lot of college baseball teams that are going to play 70 games um, this year. Um, there's not a lot of college teams, especially D2, D3, JUCO, or NAIA, they're going to have only 35 players on the roster, right. um, which is a reality. But one of the things I think is so important is that, you know, you're talking about the weight room and practice. You know, if a kid goes to, let's say, you know, a, a Division One school, there's limits to the, number, the amount of time a coach can spend with him. Sure. You know, that the coaching staff can spend with him. But in your case, you're, you're unlimited, right? You're, these are 18-year-old citizens that are free from any – you know, it's like if me and you wanted to start a team, uh, you know, well, you, <laughs> you don't want me on your team. Um, you maybe, maybe an over – I'll, I'll wait out to over 60. Then I think I'll be able to – but um, but there's no restrictions, right? You can spend as much time as you want developing that player, talking that player, teaching that player, skills, drills, you know, what have you, correct? Absolutely. Yes, sir. So I think that's one of the reasons why, too, is we push online classes on the guys because time management is big. If anybody knows me, I'm an early bird. Man, I get up at 430 in the morning every day because I'm a time management guru. I want to make sure I have enough time every day to make sure we get accomplished what we need to get accomplished and, and accomplish the goals that we set out that day. And I think being able to do online classes and not have any type of restriction on practice time, number of games, um, just I mean, the, the amount of times we can get together as a group in the fall. We don't have specific guidelines like that. And so for us, we get to show up in our new schedule this next year is we're going to be ha- indoor hitting at 8 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday for two hours. Then we're right. going to go lift, lift for two hours. We have two separate groups that come in 30 minutes after the other, so everybody gets to lift for an hour and a half. And so from that standpoint, that gives us the whole rest of the day getting to 12.31 p.m. to get on the field get our work in, get our inner squad in if we want. There's going to be some longer days in the fall. It's kind of really geared a lot like the junior college model, but we just get a little bit more time with the guys and, and a little bit more structure with them. And so, and I, I think, too, with us, it's a little bit different, right? We don't have one campus that has all of our facilities on it. All of our facilities are located within about right. four or five miles of each other. But having said that, like the commute, there's a couple of kids that live in DFW. They live at home. They commute. They're driving. 30, 35, 40 minutes to get here, and we get them for a full day, they're with us for the full day. And so for, right. for us, ha- having the ability to be with these guys all day, Monday through Friday and the early parts of Saturday, and we'll give them Sundays off, but um, for the most part, the timing and being able to just spend as much time physically possible with the kids while we have them for our nine months is really, really valuable in our eyes. Yeah, and that's huge. And just a little side note, too, for, for parents. There was a When you talked about being a time management guy, I think – all the decision to go to a post-grad academy or which one you go to is going to come down to the guy. It's going to come down to the person who's running it, right? That's like almost anything else. So there's going to be a, a, a massive wave of academies that are going to come and they're going to pop up and pop away and you'll see that. But one of the things you want to look at is who's running that academy and what, what can your son learn from that? Time management is one of the biggest skills that a college athlete needs to master. And if they can master that, in a way that's kind of away from a college program, right? Almost like a little bit of an incubator to build some skills. Above all the baseball skills, that's a massive skill for um, any any player to learn. And if they could get on campus, and that would be another, you know, recruiting factor is like, hey, this kid's been in this post-grad academy. He's removed from high school. He's lived a post-high school life. And he's 
and now he's he's learned to manage his time, and that's that's another that's one less thing that a college coach would have to worry about um, in bringing him in. Um, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Touch on so, that real quick is is the fact yeah, that yeah, the please. kids don't they don't have to go to school full time, right? They're only taking one, two, and three classes each semester, so it gives us more time on the baseball side. So I think there's yeah. there's definitely a lot of value, and I think time management, having to shuffle, going from the indoor, going to the weight room, going to practice, doing your schoolwork, making sure you get your nutrition in. Nutrition is a huge piece to what we do as well. And I think being able to shuffle those things and not have to take four and five classes each semester coming out of high school where they have to create their own study habits. They, they got to create their own time management skills. And I think just being able to be a guide for some of these guys is, is truly valuable, especially when they're getting out of the house for the first time at 18 years old. Yeah. So let's, let's go into some, or anything else you want to, you want to add in before we kind of go into maybe like what some of the questions that a parents would, parent would ask beyond the baseball. Yeah, sure. No, I, I think uh, real quick, I think one thing I'm, I'm missed on when we were talking about the schools that we kind of, push guys to the guys that we play so you know our our market our target market is really geared directly towards the player where does the player want to go he gives us a list of prerequisites as to where he wants to end up Uh, does he want to go to a high academic school is junior college the route does he want to play at the highest possible baseball standard he can so you know there's there's so many prerequisites when it comes to where we place a kid Um, you know scholarship money is a huge piece to it too what is the cost of tuition um, there's so many variables and factors that go into where we want to send a kid and where the kid wants to go. So I think, you know, obviously everybody's dream dream is to go play at the Division One level. And you know, I, I'm not going to say that post grad isn't geared towards getting kids to Division One level because I think potentially it definitely can. Um, but for us specifically, I think our goal and our our mindset is to get kids to Division One junior college. That's our mindset and our number one goal. Unless the kid's really just a brainiac, big SAT, big ACT scores, and they can get a bunch of academic money from four-year schools. So if that clears up some of the questions that we have of, as to who, where we're trying to send schools and the connections that we have, that's kind of the resources that we use, and that's the direction we want to go. Yeah, and, and just a couple other points I, I actually forgot that I wrote down. But, but you know, as you're talking about this now, um, somebody could be listening to this a year from now, and I'm going to tell you that this, this industry is going to become uh, just incredible as far as, like, the games, the colleges are going to be – looking to schedule games, you know, with post-grads, if, if, even if it's split squad or what have you, because it's, it's just good, you know, it's just good all around. They get more kids to play, you know, more of their players' innings that they, they bring, you know, they're able to bring kids onto the campus that they can look at. Um, also, too, just to point out to those who are listening, a college coach could walk into your post-grad academy and watch you all day long if he wants. And he can sit and talk with your son and he can – where there's restrictions, you know, around what they can do while they're in high school. So there's a benefit of, of the ability to get, you know, the coaches to maybe get to know and to get a good look at the kid. Um, there's also, you know, I think uh, something that is overlooked is, you know, sometimes when a kid comes up through a local system, high school system, man, there's just politics, right? And, sure. you know, if he, come, if he comes over to you, you know, you want your kids to succeed and, and you're an independent third party. Right. You're not the high school coach. You're not, you know, uh, connected to a booster or whatever. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of kind of things that go on. Right. So so a recommendation from you would probably carry a little bit more weight than, say, from a high school coach or, you know, someone who who maybe has just got a little bit more on it. You know? Um, Yeah, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Finish up. Go ahead. 
Well, the, the last yeah, no. thing, and then you, I'll let you comment on all of them, is the third thing is, you know, if you go into a four-year environment, and, 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 and like, like you said, if it's right, it's right, go for it. But in a four-year environment, sure. you know, you're going to walk in. There's going to be juniors there that are, you know, getting drafted, and they've got their maybe slightly own agenda, right? There's going to be established players there that have a way of doing things. Um, there's going to be a culture there. There's going to be, you know, all those things. And sometimes, you know, be, being a freshman, it's a tough go. It's a tough, you know, it's a tough gig because a lot of times they're not playing. A lot of times it's the first time they're riding the bench in their sure. life. And, you know, you're carrying equipment, you're getting razzed and that kind of stuff. But also you go into an environment like you're describing. And this is, this is like, this is like, you know, uh, hell week. You know what I mean? This is like, you're going to be around people that everyone in that academy is looking to do something looking to go somewhere, looking to improve, looking to get better, you know, every day, right? Putting in sure. the hours, putting in the time, managing the, you know, just putting a, that's a different environment than going to a division one school or, or a college and being the low man on the totem pole. And, you know, not that, look, I get that. I like that stuff, right? I like that part of it. But if your son does need that time or wants that time, this is a, an unbelievable environment to be around people who are doing stuff and, and ambitious and also, just another point is, you know, sometimes you may, you, there might be a perfect school for you, and that coach may want you, and you may want that coach, but at the moment, their roster just doesn't allow for you to come. But in a year, you know, their roster, you know, they, they may be able to see that their roster needs change and stuff like that. So um, speak on any of that if you want, Coach, or, or, or yeah. add on anything that you'd like. Yeah, sure. I think I'll touch briefly on the recruiting side. Like when we, this happened several times this past year, we get done playing a double header at a school and the coach, we're shaking hands and I'll go and shake hands with the head coach. And he's like, Hey, I want to see X, 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 Y, and Z. And we'll send those four or five players over. They'll go talk with the assistant coach, recruiting coordinator and the head guy, and they'll get offered visits on site. And so I, I, I like right, right then and there. So I think recruiting, when you touched on their specific, specific times and dead periods when coaches can and can't talk to kids in high school, where at, at this level, right there, that op, there's open levels of communication, right? And obviously yeah. with the way that t Twitter is and the way that social media is, um, coaches talk nonstop. It, it, the coaches, right. we just never stop talking. And so from that standpoint, it's all about a timing thing. When is a kid going to play well in front of the right set of eyes? And I think having that leverage to get in front of the campus, let the player, and I, I was an infielder growing up. I was a shortstop growing up. And so for me, I always relate going back to shortstop. Well, if I'm a, if I'm a kid, a player at a postgrad, and I want to go play at a certain school, well, I want to go play shortstop at that school, find out what right. that stadium setup looks like. How does the hops, how do the hops play? What does the infield look like? Is it, is it smooth? What do the lips look like? So some of the specific questions about just playing at that field and what the setup really feels like. And if the kid's going to be there for two to four years, I think there's a lot of value in being able to provide that kid that service to play on that field, on that surface and get a feel for what it's going to be like. And so from that standpoint, recruiting is simplified. You know, I think with the, with the way that we operate on the recruiting side is we use a, a platform, uh, shout out to Matt Peterson at, at Virtual Combine, right? But uh, we, use, <laughs> we use them. It's an online video recruiting platform. We get to load all of our videos of each kid into his own personal profile and then if a, if a coach has a question about a kid, we can send the, the coach that direct link and it's got 40 to 50 videos of the kid. And so it, it's recruiting simplified. So for us at a post-grad route, right, you're talking about us being a third party. 
Well, we're a, we're a private organization, and our job and our goal and our mission is fully develop the kid on the field and in the weight room, get him some part-time school, and, and send him to the right organization from a junior college or a four-year standpoint. So just being able to attack recruiting in so many different ways from the virtual combine, from the schedule, from just coaches just talking. There's so many avenues to really get these kids' names in front of these coaches. And a lot of the kids just need one time, time to grow and time to develop. Two, a lot of these kids that we get from postgrad came from smaller high schools, the two, the three, the four A yeah. high schools yeah. that just weren't flat out getting recruited like all the guys at the five and the six A schools. So we'll get a bunch of these raw two and three A Texas, Louisiana players that can play a little bit, might need a little bit of help with feel and IQ, but they're really good players when you look at the tools. They've got good speed, good arm strength. They they do some things well offensively that you probably we probably feel like we can tweak here and there. But the tools are there. It's can they put it together over seventy games and what do those stats look like, right? So I think recruiting yeah. is simplified whenever we just get to put our eggs in so many different baskets and we get to to really kind of see what that landscape looks like for us. And I think we had a lot of success this past year. I think we're closing in on the ninety percent uh, Mark, for getting kids committed, so we're really, really excited oh, about wow. that. I think, yes, sir. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we we had I think closed out with twenty six, twenty seven guys in the spring. At this point, I want to say twenty two of them are signed. I think we sent seventeen, sixteen or seventeen to junior college. So we're really, really excited about those numbers. And for people that don't know, last year was our first year, Paul. I think uh, we, I think you know this. We talked about this before, but we started this basically because I was coaching in junior college for a couple of years, saw a need for it, coached in high school as a head coach down in Houston for a couple of years. COVID hit, guys were hanging around, and it was just kind of a perfect storm for us. And so I kind of took a risk at it. Um, but we had so much success placing kids, and I think the way that we attack recruiting, I think that's that's just a testament to, to the routes that we're taking to get kids recruited and, and the network and the environment we put these kids into. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's, it's uh, just because it just happened this week. <clears throat> if you, one of the things to, to look at is what happens from, to a kid who's a senior in high school to after he completes his first year out of high school. And we can all look at, um, uh, what's Matt Holiday's kid's name? I can never think of it. Um, <laughs> right, we're uh, number one Jackson, overall. Jackson, yeah, yeah, Jackson <laughs> Holiday, right? Like, he, right. when you look at his picture, he looks like he's 12. For sure. Right? In the picture, like his face. Everybody who's listening to this, whether you're listening to it later or if you're listening to it now, let's look at 2023 and see what he looks like. Mm-hmm. And you will see a different. You'll you'll just see you'll see that the you know right now he's still a boy, right? He's a young adult, uh, and you'll start to see a man. You know, you'll start to see just physical changes in him, and and that's it. so it's a big year. You know, it's a big year that year. So I think everything you said, I couldn't agree with more. Um, let's 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 kind of close one more segment here. Let's start. Let's ask some of the questions that a parent may ask. Sure. You know, um, I'm I'm sending my kid to you. This is brand new. This isn't a college where I know. Okay, the cafeteria is there. The, you know, the 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 nurse is over the infirmary or whatever is over there. The library, if he needs, you know, uh, CVS is down the street. There's a you know a supermarket and all that kind of stuff. And there's dorms with RAs and all that kind of stuff in there. Campus security. Now I'm coming to you. So now, now I'm a parent, and I'm going to send my 18-year-old kid to you. And knowing that what 18-year-olds are capable of doing, 18-year-old stuff, <laughs> right? Sure, so, sure. So, 
So, yeah, look, it's, uh, take us through that. What are the, like, the questions that parents would ask about health care, about, um, you know, where they're going to live, who they're going to live with, who's going to watch right, them, sure. you know, who's going to monitor their behavior, stuff like that. Sure, right. So the housing we do kind of a little bit differently. So we, we, whenever a kid commits to us, and we obviously know they're coming from out of town, they're going to need a housing option. So we, we approach it two different ways. We, if the parent and the player wants to live in a team house with us, so we have two team houses that we own and operate. Um, so we've got, I guess, 12, 13 spots where we can house kids and houses that an organization owns, and we get to have full obviously full um we can take full advantage of being able to have a coach live on site with the guys and be able to monitor what they're doing what they're eating are they getting up on time are they doing the things that they're supposed to be doing are they staying clean there's a lot of upside into having a coach live on site and i think for us from a from a parent's standpoint i've got a three-year-old daughter in the house and i know uh, I can see from these parents' standpoint, they want to make sure their kids are very well taken care of yeah. from from a housing standpoint more than anything, right? And so we just actually purchased the second team house. It's actually in Trophy Club, very, very beautiful part of DFW, just right next to Westlake, um, right down the street from Grapevine where we operate out of. And it's a pr- beautiful four-bedroom, three-bath house, a lot of space, and it's a great spot for our guys to call home for nine, ten months. And so – you know, we want to take care of guys with housing. On the apartment side, if they don't want to do that, the team house, uh, we, we pair guys up in apartments that are local. There's a bunch of apartment complexes local to the to our facilities in Grapevine, Euless, and Hearst. And so we try and pair guys up and get them into a, an, an apartment-style setup. We'll obviously ask for the address so we can check on the guys. But when they're living on their own in the apartment, they're really they're really on their own, so to speak. We don't really have right. any leverage there, right? So when they're, when they're in the team house, by all means, we get to – monitor their curfew, we get to monitor what they're eating. Uh, and, and I think that's the route we really want to go moving forward is if we can own uh, three houses and put all of our guys in a team house, I think that's the route that we want to go. Obviously, we're still making adjustments. Uh, where, where the first year was a big learning curve for us, and that was one of the adjustments that we made. We needed a second team house. And when we have the resources to be able to do some things like that. And so um, on the housing side, that's where, that, where, where we kind of operate there. So we have the apartment option and the team housing option. And then on the nutrition side, right? So this is a huge deal. So for me, I'm a, I'm a performance guy. I also saw this too, Paul. You're a runner, aren't you? I run every day. I, I every run every day. I have ADHD, wicked. Right. And if I and if I don't, um, it, it's it's just it's just one of the things that clears my head and helps me focus. There you go. Absolutely. So hey, I'm a yeah. runner. I'm a marathon guy. I'm actually going after. Oh wow! My, I, I my saw first. that. I just commented. You didn't see my yeah, comment on yes, your sir. <laughs> Yes, sir. So, That's, yes, yeah. Yeah, I lo- love it. Going after my first three-hour marathon this next year. And so awesome. I think awesome. for me, get, getting up in the morning, getting my running and my lifting in, I think that kind of sets the tone for the whole day. And, you know, on the performance yeah. side, I've got such a huge passion for, for the performance side is where I, I kind of grew up in performance, was a personal trainer for six, seven years, went and got a master's degree in exercise science when I wanted to be a head coach in college. And that was a big kind of factor in why I even chose to do the post-grad route in the first place because I saw some post-grad academies out there that weren't focusing on strength and conditioning and I just saw a huge need for that and for me that's kind of everything to what we do and nutrition is the next phase of getting kids to be more physical yes the lifting is great but if the kids aren't eating 4,000 calories a day well they're not going to gain weight right they a standard standard diet is based off of 2,000 calories and that's for a person that doesn't work out so if the kid's working out Right. And having a three hour three hour practice outside every day, he's burning thirty five thirty five hundred calories. So he's got to eat 
4,000 calories to gain one pound a week. And so from that standard, yeah. we got to make sure kids have access to nutrition. So it's a lot uh, of we food. did a deal. It's a lot of food. It's, it's you know? a lot of food, right? And I can yeah. attest to this, right? From I, a little different circumstance, but from my jump from college to pro ball, I was too light. I was 180 pounds coming out of college ball. I got signed, was the only kid out of 80 kids at a Fort Worth Cash route to get signed, and they told me I needed to put 20 pounds on before spring training. So I went in, yeah. I started eating everything inside, put on 25 pounds in two and a half months, so I've been there. I know how much food it is. But I tell kids this all the time. You can be as disciplined as you want in any facet of the game, from getting your early work in, being disciplined on the field, making sure you're doing everything you need to do in the weight room. But if you're not 100% disciplined and focused on what you're eating and what you're putting in your body, then you're not going to get the results that you want. And so, yeah, so from parents that are listening. standard, let me, let me interrupt there. Let me interrupt there for sure. one. So the parents are listening. Um, I'm a pitching coach by, you know, uh, by training, right? By my, my background. Um, if I had, if I had to choose between a player spending time, let's say a player came to me and like asked me, Hey coach, I'm going to spend an hour you know, of my time, uh, three, four times a week, should I spend it with a pitching coach or should I spend it with someone who mm. understands strength and conditioning and nutrition? I am a pitching mm. coach, and I'm telling, I'm telling the people, you should go spend your time with the strength and nutrition person because if you can get that stuff right, so much of what we try and work on in six, in practice and training and lessons is, is sometimes to overcome deficits in strength, flexibility, coordination, mobility, nutrition, fuel, weight, right? And if you can get that stuff right, it's, it's a difference. Like if, if you're building on concrete or you're building on sand, like if we build, we, you can build on sand. It's just not going to be great. Sure. It's not going to be, you know, so that is such an important aspect, especially with 18 year old kids, 19, you know, college age kids and nutrition habits, right? That stuff can get out of, can, can, can get out of hand really quick. Sure. Sure. And, and, and I think that just being able, whenever you hear about all these big velo jumps on a mound, right? For us, we want, we want the velo jumps to be kind of an organic thing to where like we use our, our, our guy last year that made a big jump. His name's Ian Roberts. We, and we, we say his name all the time, but for Ian, he came to us 81, 82 at a high school from a, a high school in San Antonio. And he works out puts on about 15, 20 pounds, cleans up some arm action, right? Gets that extra year just to get a little bit more physical. And then sure enough, he's up to 90, 91 miles an hour. Not consistently, yeah. right? Everybody, he, he topped 91, three on Rap Soto. He lives 85, 87, 88, right? That's where he typically lives, right? But seeing those jumps, what did it attest to? I think there was a number of variables that went into that, and it was kind of an organic jump, right? He gets the weight room, he gets the nutrition, he gets the extra year, and he gets a pitching guy who really understands how to how to teach the body to move on a mound, right? Because we want we don't want to be robots yeah. on all, we want to be a- athletes on a mound, and so I, I think that all those things put together for Ian, it really worked out well, and so I think just going after a driveline program isn't going to do its justice when you're talking about gain and velo. There's a lot of different things that go into those velo jumps and the development side in the weight room. And then when we talk about nutrition, that's, I mean, that's, that's where the velo jumps really happen, right? Is when your kids put on 15, 20 pounds, they get, get with a good pitching guy. And so on the nutrition side though, we'll touch on this quick. We did a deal 
with Jimmy John's, right? So I know the owner grew up with uh, the owner of a Jimmy John's locally. He gives all of our guys 50% off all sandwiches, right? So really good. Oh, I'm going to have to come visit now. I'm going to have to. Got to, right? So, <laughs> so to come I think, visit. I mean, uh, the, yeah. see what this nutrition program is all about. So. That's right. So, no, I think we just we want to give guys access to food, right? And so we did a deal, yeah. too. We get did a deal with an Italian restaurant down the street from the field too, to give our guys like $5 pasta bowls and go in there for lunch after practice, go eat some pasta and some bread and some meat sauce. Right. I think just giving kids access to good quality food. And then we'll take kids on grocery store runs. We have our nutrition seminar on the 20th of August this year. It's actually two days before we start our actual program, but we want to teach the kids about nutrition before the program starts. So they have a good understanding of what the expectation is going in. And so then we'll take the kids on a grocery store run, teach them how to buy food at a cost-effective rate, have strategies with what you're going to buy, and then really teach them about the timing, when they need to eat. We have a couple of small small daily goals, like 1,000 calories before 9 a.m., because if you don't get 1,000 calories before 9 a.m., then you're already off to a bad start. And so I think just giving kids some guidelines and just guiding them through that process of, uh, and a lot of kids are making their food for the first time, too. We want to teach them how to cook, yeah. how to make their food. I live five minutes from the new team house, so I'll be over there, I'm sure, cooking up a, a storm for some of these guys. Uh, but we want to give them access to food, and that's the way that these kids gain weight. They have to have the understanding and the knowledge behind them and to have a plan in place to really, really execute. And everybody talks a big game, right, but there's only a handful that can really execute what they talk about. So, so, uh, so yeah, a couple things on that. Obviously, like, mass equals gas is, is, is not a Love theory. It. I mean, Love mass it. equals gas is science, right? It's, it is, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, that's, this is, that's laws of, of physics, right? That's laws of motion. So, um, and then, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll make a deal. If you want to, if you want to put that, your class on zoom, the nutrition class, we'll, we'll sure. pump it out to our whole, all of our people. If you want to figure that out, um, you just let us know and we'll do that. And that'll, that'll certainly educate some people and hopefully maybe give you guys some exposure. So, um, last, yeah, I'll give you the last word, Coach. So, like, what would you say to to? Uh, let's give out your Twitter and all that stuff one more time, and then I'll give you the last word on, like, you know, what what final advice would you have to someone who's maybe thinking about it? Sure, sure. So, Twitter, uh, my personal Twitter is coach is at Coach Page underscore. That's P A G E. There's no I like turn the page. So, Coach Page underscore. Um, that's my personal Twitter uh, and my personal Instagram, and then for our program. Uh, DFW Postgrad, our website URL is www.dfwpostgrad.com. That's Dallas-Fort Worth, so DFW. And then our Twitter and our Instagram are at DFW Postgrad. So those are all of our socials. Awesome. Yeah, so what would you say? Someone, someone's on the fence, you know, and, you know, like what kind of final words of advice would you say are the important things that they consider or really, you know, give some thought to? Yeah, I, I think I tell, I tell all the kids and the parents the same exact thing, right? Like we're not here to reinvent the wheel we're here to provide a service to the baseball community to help kind of bridge the gap from high school to college and to really be a service to the kids that really need us. Right. And so from our standpoint, we want the best for each kid that, that picks up the phone and wants to dial the number to get in touch with us. And we want to be a resource and give the kids valuable factual information. Right. And so uh, we want the best for every kid. And whenever we're recruiting kids actively, um, we're obviously, going to want to put our best foot forward and put the best four or best 30 to 35 guys in the field that we can. 
But let's be honest, the post-grad route is for guys that know the value that a post-grad program creates, right? And so for yeah. us, we want the guys that want to be dogs in the weight room. We want the guys that want to work their tails off, that, that want to hold themselves to a higher standard, that set expectations and set good, valuable goals for themselves that are attainable, but that are also going to push them a little bit. And so I think, you know, the coaching staff that we've put together, we really like what we're doing. Um, and, and I think moving forward, like you said, we'll touch on it. There's going to be a lot more post-grad programs that pop up. And for whenever I tell parents and players on recruiting visits, man, just do your research, right? I think you touched on it a little bit earlier is who's the guy driving the ship? Who's the guy that's making the decisions? Who's the guy that is doing the recruiting and the placement? So I think having the experience of ha spending some time in junior college, spending some time as a head coach, uh, in high school, there's a lot of value that our program can create for kids. And so do your research about who the program is and who you're going to go play for. We want kids that really want to work their butts off and that really just want to compete. And I think for us, we're looking for kids that, that just want to be dogs. And I think the group we've got coming in this year, we really, really like the team that we're bringing in this fall 2022. Bunch of fiery kids that, that definitely um, we're excited to watch play. And so, hey, we're still looking for two or three more arms. So while we're on the podcast, I'll give a little <laughs> shout-out there, looking for two to three more arms. So if anybody wants our information, feel free to reach out. You can also reach me via email. Email is coachpage at dfwpostgrad.com. And, Paul, I just want to say one more time, really, really appreciate your time. And for asking me to come oh, on no the podcast, problem. definitely, definitely really appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm happy to do it, Coach. And that was, that was terrific. And um, I can't. You know, I can't encourage people enough to really give the, the post-grad route a, a really good, solid look because I think in the long term it will really pay off for everyone. So uh, thank you, Coach, and thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Yeah. Hey, it's Paul Reddick. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I wanted to let you know I have a new book out specifically for baseball dads, and I would love for you to check it out. You can go to baseballdadsbook.com. All the information is there and a pretty good discount for our podcast listeners. So again, it's baseballdadsbook.com. Thanks.